Thank you guys. Uh, man, worship was good. Amen. That song, uh, I ran out of the grave. That, man, that gets me, that gets me pumped up. That gets me pumped up. And it was, it was funny watching my daughter worship uh, with graves in the gardens. They do a, like a, a little, uh, an interpretive dance to that song in children's. And so, man, she was just getting after it. She was, there's nothing better than, oh, oh it was, it was awesome. It was just really good. Uh, but man, there's a part in, um, in that song. Uh, my sin was heavy. I needed rescue. Like we all, that's, that's our story. Amen. That's our story. We, we were sinful and we needed rescue. Man, that's, that's good stuff right there. Well, I, I believe laughing. Good. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> All right. We're 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 good. We're good. Maybe. Okay. God, speak to us. <laughs> the day of the Pentecost. Holy Spirit. Um. I believe laughter is a medicine for the soul. So I, I've got a I've got a joke to start us out this morning. So there was a young man, sixteen years old. Now, for some of us, can you remember back? Some of us are 16. Can you remember when you were 16? What did you want the most when you were 16 years old? A car, driver's license. You couldn't wait to get out and, and like and start cruising the drag or whatever. What 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 do you do in Grandview? Is it like cruise down the uh, that David's? Do you like park at Dayton? No, okay. You go to Cleveland for that. It was when I was in when I was a senior in high school. I went to Grandview one year. We moved up here in 2002. We moved in this area, and I started working at David's and um, started working there, and everybody hung out at the Kroger parking lot. I don't know if that still goes on. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. Uh, sorry, I chase rabbits a little bit. That's okay. Amen, right? Um, so this young, this young man wanted a car. He, want, he got his driver's license, and more than anything, he wanted a vehicle. So he goes to his dad. He said, Dad, can I have a car? His dad said, you do three things for me, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about you getting a car. He says, number one, I want you to get your grades up, okay? Once you get your grades up, once you make good grades. Number two, I want you to do your chores. You're kind of falling behind. I want you to do your chores. Number three, I want you to cut your hair. He had, he had some golden locks, man, just, you know, ladies' man. Anyway, so, so he goes up. Two weeks later, he said, Dad, I got my grades up. My grades are good. We're, we're all good, all A's, we're good, right? He said, but you didn't, you've been slacking on your chores, you need to do your chores. So he said, okay. So he comes back a week later, he said, Dad, I, I'm getting good grades, I'm making all A's, I've done my chores, I've done what you asked me to do, can I please have a car? And uh, so his dad says, you know what, you've been making good grades, but son, you, you still haven't cut your hair. So I, I need you to cut your hair. His, his son, his son looks at him and he says, Dad, the source of my strength, Samson. Look at Samson in the Bible. That's, that, that was his source of, of strength. And, and look at Jesus. Even Jesus had long hair, right? His dad said, you know what? You're right. And he walked everywhere he went. So, come on. Yeah, there we go. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so okay. So I grew up, I grew up in East Texas. Which, okay, so East Texas, 
grew up there. I, I uh, was raised in church. My dad's sitting back there. I am so thankful that I was, uh, my dad took me to church. Amen. Some of you parents, you, you, sometimes you have to drag your kids to church. I, I get that. I was, I was a drug kid. Okay. I was drugged to church. Okay. So, so I was drugged to church. There was times when I didn't want to go, but my dad said, you know what? If you don't go to church, you don't go out this weekend. All right. There's, there's nothing. You're grounded. You're nothing. So, so I went to church and, and I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed for my dad to take me to church. And so uh, we go going to church in a little country church, Antioch Missionary Baptist Church, a little country church in the middle of nowhere. Like, I mean, we were outnumbered by, by cows. That, that's, that's kind of the area that we were at. And, and so I remember very vividly, it was a revival back when, when people had revivals and stuff and you would bring a preacher in. And, and so our, our pastor, Brother J.L. Cross, he was one of those hellfire and brimstone preachers, man. The dude would like sweat something fierce when he was preaching. He was in your face. And so he was talking about hell. He was literally talking about hell. And so afterwards, I was scared. <laughs> I was like, okay, Brother Jail, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I want to go here. <laughs> I don't want to go there. What do I need to do? What do I have to do? Brother JL, tell me I am, I'm yours to mold and make right now. And, and so there, right then and there, I was saved and baptized a week later. And, and the greatest miracle in my life was my salvation. But I want to thank you guys. First of all, I want to thank you guys for welcoming our family to First Baptist Church in Grandview. You guys have been so welcoming. You've been so awesome. Uh, just getting to know some of you this weekend. It's been great, and and we've eaten good, okay? And that's what Baptists do, right? Like, Baptists eat. Like, you, like potluck is like a shindig to a redneck, right? I mean, come on. Like, you just, Baptists love to eat, and, and I guess that's why I was called to be a Baptist. I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, but growing up in, in a church and, and being sometimes drugged to church and, and sometimes just willingness to go to church, um, just looking at the church today, looking at the church, we need a spiritual awakening. There needs to be a spiritual awakening in our country, in our communities, everywhere. We see, everywhere we see, we see darkness, we see division, we see chaos. And so there needs to be a spiritual awakening, not just in our country. Yes, we, we definitely see that. All you got to do is, is look on social media. All you have to do is look on the news to see that we need a spiritual awakening. But we need more than ever a spiritual awakening in our communities, in our local church. I am thankful for our local church because God blesses the local church. Amen? God blesses it. And, and, and he told Peter, Jesus literally told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And so that's where the local church was started. And so right now, more than ever, we need a spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening means that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for us and justified us, meaning he pulled us out of that darkness. He saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves. And so God rescued us. Just like that song says, my sin was heavy. I needed rescue. Chains break at the weight of your glory. 
gosh, that's the, that's just good. <laughs> that's just a good song. Like, I mean, that that's us. That's our story. And so, achieving spiritual awaken or spiritual awakening is achieving true victory. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, you are victorious. You are victorious because of what Jesus did on the cross by Him dying for your sins, raising on the third day, ascending into heaven. You are victorious. That means when we walk through the battles of life, we walk through the because we have we have it happens right. John chapter fourteen, which we're fixing to talk about. John chapter fourteen. What is Jesus? How did Jesus start that off? He says you're going to face many trials and tribulations, but fear not. 365 times in Scripture, it says to fear not. That's one for every day of the year. 365 times it says fear not. So Jesus says, fear not, for I have overcome the world, and I go to prepare a place for you. And in that place are many mansions. And then Jesus in in, uh, John chapter 14, in verse 15, Jesus starts talking about this, this helper. This thing, he's like, I'm going to go. I've got to go. I've got to leave. But here's the thing. I'm going to send you something better. Now, you can imagine the, the disciples at this moment, after seeing so, so many miracles, after seeing Jesus perform miracle after miracle, and they're like, wait a second, time out. So, so you're going to leave, but you're going to send something better than you? Like, wait, wait, what? what is it? Like, it's like a, a kid at Christmas when you have when you see presents under the tree, you want to like shake it and, and, and know what it is, and, and you're excited and you're scared at the same time because what if it's something that you didn't want and you're like I don't I don't want that, but I, I don't want to tell my parents that, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, so you're excited, so so they're excited of what it what it is, but they're also scared about not about not having Jesus walking. And talking with him, so you can imagine just putting your place, uh, putting your uh, putting yourself in that position, in a, in a uh, disciple's shoes. But Jesus says, "I'm going to promise you." And can I get an amen? Jesus is a promise keeper. Amen. Jesus keeps his promises. So Jesus promises a helper. Jesus promises. He says, "You're going to be clothed with the power from the Most High." It's pretty cool. That just sounds cool. And, and so and so in John chapter 14, Jesus promises the helper. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. And then you go into in the book of Acts. You go in the book of Acts and Jesus ascends into heaven. In Acts chapter 2, you have the disciples. They're fearful. They're, they fear that, that somebody's going to kill them. And, and they think they're, they're just they're hiding out. And, and Jesus, the promise came true, didn't it? Because then you had the day of the Pentecost and the Holy Spirit rained down on the disciples. And here's what I love about this story. Peter began preaching to this crowd. And the Bible says 3,000 people came to Jesus that day. 3,000 people. It was like a Billy Graham revival. Like that's crazy. 3,000 people looked at Peter in the face who Jesus said, uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he looks... uh, People looks at Peter in the eyes and they say, what do we do now? Like, what do we do? Like, what do we do? We want what you got. We heard what you had to say. We want this. We want Jesus. And, and mind you that when you preach Jesus, people want it. That's something that people want. And so when, G, when Peter preaches these people, he's like, what do we do? What do we have to do? And, and Peter says, repent and be baptized. 
And, and so 3,000 people repented and were baptized. Really cool. Really cool story. And I love how Scripture just connects like that. There we go. All right, so, and that brings us to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. If you have your Bibles. So Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, Peter and John, who, who were in Jesus' inner circle, those are the ones that fell asleep when Jesus told them to pray. All right, so, so mind you that. So, so, in, in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, Peter and John were on their way to the temple. Let's find out what they do. So now Peter and John went up together to the temple in the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms, begging for money, and fixing to go in the temple, as for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. I love this part. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted them up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew, I love that. They knew that it was he who saw begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Love that story. Love that story. So I talked about we, we are in need of a spiritual awakening. Guys, we have opportunities every day to point people to Jesus. It's not our job to save, but it is our job to point people to the one who can. It is our job to introduce Jesus to people. And, and so um, Peter and John were on a mission, right? They were on a mission. They Dude, Peter's like, Peter's still on that, that camp high and he's, he, he's excited about what God is doing and he's excited about the Holy Spirit that's flowing through him. And so he's, man, he's ready to go. And so the opportunity was given for Peter and John to do something. And so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you three challenges this morning. Give you three challenges for us as the local body of Christ. Because sometimes we need to be reminded, sometimes myself, I need to be reminded of, of what God is, is using me for and what, what God is doing in my life. And so sometimes we need to be reminded of what our goal and what our mission is. And when Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, he said, Go, therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. That was to go out and point people to Jesus. And so, and so Jesus gave that mission that he had when he went to the cross and he said, look, you're taking this mission from me. That's why I'm starting the local church. I'm taking this mission. I'm giving you this mission and you are to pick this mission up and follow through with it. Just like we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow through with the mission that Jesus has given us. So I'm going to give you three challenges uh, this morning 
And number one, Jesus uses, Jesus uses people to do things. Number one, Jesus uses people who can be interrupted. Jesus uses people who can be interrupted. And we look at Peter and John. They're just walking to the temple, right? They're going to go pray like they've done so many times before. And and the Bible says right here in Acts chapter 3 that this man literally sat there day in and day out. This man sat there every day begging for money. And so they probably probably walked past him in the past. They probably seen this man. But today, God called them to do something. God called them to be interrupted. Now, I know there's sometimes we, we don't like to be interrupted, do we? Cowboys are playing. Amen. Right? Do we have any cowboy fans in here? Cowboys are playing. You don't want to be interrupted, even though they kind of stink and they're, they're on their way down. I don't, I don't know. But it's okay. I, I still root for them. I'm a, I'm a true fan. Rangers are playing. I, 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 nobody bother me. I don't want to be interrupted. We have our set schedule. Right? Does anybody have this like routine that they do? Each and every day they have a routine that they stick to, you know, get coffee. Guys, I've tried to get into coffee. I, I, I'm sorry, and I hope this doesn't affect my candidates. Uh, so, uh, but I, I just can't get into coffee. I, I've tried. I've given it a shot, okay? Like, it, it just, I, I can't get into the taste. I guess because I, I thought I was less of a man if I didn't drink. So I've seen so many people, and, and I, I just, you know, I got my got my cup of coffee, and I'm sitting with, with some of the guys from the church, and, and, and they're like, you're going to drink that, right? Um, yeah. So I drink it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's not for me. I, I'm sorry, I, I've tried. But anyway, you have this, you have this morning, you have this routine throughout your day. You get up, you drink some coffee, you read your, your, your Bible, you go to work. And if anything interrupts that routine, oh, it, it, it disrupts our day. And so Jesus uses people who can be interrupted. Jesus uses people who step out of their comfort zone. Because when we get interrupted, we get out of our bubble. We get out of this little comfort zone that we're in. And I know it's tough. I know it's hard. I'll give you an example. I was in Starbucks. Imagine that, right? I don't like coffee, but I went to Starbucks. I was using their internet. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was taking advantage of their internet. I had a paper for school to do. So I was, I was you know, doing this, this paper. And, and so I walk into Starbucks. I, I did buy a scone that was super dry. And anyway, it wasn't good. But, but anyway, I was, I was in line. I was standing in line. And, and so I, I, I'm there and, and I look over and I, I see this young lady and she, she's got tears in her eyes. She's crying and she's just beyond herself. And there it goes. God said, go talk to her. Go pray with her. I was like, mm. <laughs> like, mm. I want to. Like that's me. That means me stepping out of my comfort zone. I, I don't like that. I like my bubble, right? We like our bubbles. Bubbles feel good so anyway i said no (laughs) time a little little bit of time and and this was kind of a long line so god had a really long time to to really just dig into me right here and so i'm i'm getting further in line and god says you know what talk to her go pray with her and again wanted what you know when you're that that your, your child just throws a temper tantrum and just, you know, just like digs in a little bit. That was me. That was me and God that day. I, I didn't show it on the outside, but on the inside, I was one of those little kids just throwing a fit because they get their toy at Walmart. And, and so so I, I'm literally standing in this line and, and, and God saying, go pray with this girl. And so I'm literally second in line from the long line. And, and so I'm sitting or I'm standing there. I'm ready to check out, ready to get my scone, my dry scone. And God says, go pray with her. 
I said, you know what, God? Okay, I'll go. I'll go. So I, so I went over to this young lady. And I said, ma'am, I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but God does. And can I just pray for you? Can I just lay hands on you and pray for you? And, and that woman looked up, looked up at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, oh, my gosh, you're a godsend. I've been praying for somebody. I've been praying for somebody. like." And so I did. I, I laid hands on her. I prayed with her. And she kind of told, uh, she told me some, somewhat of her situation. And, uh, and man, it was just, it was really bad. And, and there's a lot of things going on in her life. But I said, you know what? I know a guy, I know a savior, I know a God who can rescue you, who can help you, who can help you overcome. And, and this story right here is all about that. Peter and John were literally walking and they saw this man who they seen every day. And so Peter and John, maybe have ignored this man. They may have just walked past him in the past. But it says that he was there every day and he asked for money. But what did Peter and John do? Peter and John said, you know what, money we don't have. But what I give you, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And so you and I, we must answer that calling that God has placed in our life. We must answer the calling of being interrupted. It's okay. That's what God's calling us to do, to step outside the box, to rise up in order to rise, to stand out. And so God is calling us to point people to him. And in doing that, there's sometimes where we're going to be interrupted and it's okay. It's okay to step out of our comfort zone. It's okay to get a little weird and awkward, right? I always tell my students and I told them, uh, I told the students this morning, somebody's salvation is one awkward conversation way. And here's the thing, the way you live your life, if you, if you live your life that's pleasing to God, that honors God, guess what? That conversation has already started. The conversation has already started. Like you've already set forth, you set in motion that conversation by the way you walk, by the way you talk, by the way you act, by the way you react. That conversation is good. The conversation has already started. And so Peter and John, knowing that they that you know what I want to be interrupted, I want to live my life for God. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this God what I already have. See, I have a Savior. I have a Savior that's so mighty that was willing to send His only Son to die for me. That's so mighty and powerful that that He allows me to have this thing called the Holy Spirit in me that guides me and leads me into these situations. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. So as an ambassador, we're ambassadors. This is not our home, right? This is not our home. We're ambassadors for Christ. And so there's sometimes we need to be interrupted. We need to be interrupted in our life. And we have the opportunity every day, whether it's the grocery store clerk at David's. I mean, Brookshire Brothers, right? That's still David's to me, right? I'm a Dave slave. I'm an old Dave slave, so... Um, it's, it's still David's. So whether it's the grocery store clerk at, at, at David's or, or Brookshire Brothers, or it's it's the mail person that brings your mail, the person who gives your coffee at Starbucks, whoever it is, God wants you to be interrupted. God wants you to step out of your comfort zone and point them to Jesus. My challenge to you this morning is let yourself be interrupted. Allow yourself to diverts, if you will, from your daily routine. Number two, Jesus uses people who know their source. 
Jesus uses people who know their source. Verse 6, three verse 6 again for you. It says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, the man asked for money. The man wanted money. I mean, come on, give me, give me some, give me some change, dude. And, and but here's the thing: Peter and John, what they gave him was so much more important. See, here's the thing: what's more important with you, your time, your time. If you stop to talk to somebody and ask them how they're doing, stay there, talk to them, find out how they're doing. Show they don't know how much you care until you show them how much you care. So Peter, and notice something here. The man could not receive this healing until what? He was obedient to the command that Peter and John offered. Here's the thing. This is what I love about the ministry of Jesus. Jesus didn't go around just healing people, just going around and and saying, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. Jesus, there was a command that went along. They had to be obedient to that command in order for that healing to take place in their life. Not only physical healing, but spiritual healing. And any time Jesus healed someone, there was a command to go with him. Peter and John, journey with Christ began with a command, didn't it? But what was the command that, that Jesus gave Peter and John? Follow me, right? I will make you fishers of men. So it started out with a command. They followed through with that command. They followed through with the command that Jesus gave, and they were obedient to the command of Jesus, and that's all it took is the command. They were They knew who their source was. They knew that Jesus was the author and perfecter of their faith, and they got that faith because of Jesus, and they knew that. They knew that Jesus, they knew the power of the Holy Spirit was going to heal this man. They knew without a shadow of a doubt if they just they allowed themselves to be interrupted, if they allowed themselves because they know who their source is, they know who God is, they know who they are, because of that, that man got up and walked. Here's the thing. And I love this. Gold or silver I don't have, but what I have I'm going to give you. That's us. That's a challenge right there in itself. We might not have a whole lot of lot of things to offer, but what we do offer is the most important thing in the world. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle that can ever take place is salvation. And, and so... Uh, what, I, what I have, I'm going to give you. And they, that faith, that trust they had in the source, in Jesus, was able to allow them to heal this man. But first, there had to be a command to be followed through with. They had to, what, what, did, what was the command here? Anybody? Rise up. Rise up. And all of a sudden, this man's bones and, and, and muscles just began to form. And it reminds you of something in Ezekiel, right? Come on, dry bones. Breathe. God breathed in to this man. Was able to save him. Not only, uh, not only physical healing, but spiritual healing. Number three, last but not least. Um, and, and this kind of brings me into my next point. This is, this is cool right here. Jesus uses people not only that strive for the best, but will trust God to do the rest. So not only did they know their source, not only did they allow themselves to be interrupted, but they knew who God was. 
they, they, they strived to be the best that, that God was wanting them to be. And then they got out of the way and let God do the rest. That's the thing. Sometimes we get in our own way, don't we? Like we, like we, we step on our own toes. We, we, we do stuff that maybe put our foot in our mouth. But in verse 7, it says this, And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he came leaping up. He didn't just like get up. What does the Bible say? He leaped up. He leaped up. And he started running. And what was he doing? He was praising God. He was praising, he was literally praising God at this moment for what happened in his life. And the great thing is, people took notice. The crazy thing is, and it says uh, people saw this guy every day. They knew he was lame. They knew he couldn't walk. And then they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Pretty cool, right? Peter and John, number one, they... They allowed themselves to be interrupted. Number two, they, they knew and they, and they trusted in the source. And number number three, they strive to be the best. And, and when we strive to be the best, that means we, we strive, we do everything we can to imitate Jesus, to imitate Christ. And when we do that in our life, good things happen. When we uh, live our lives that is pleasing to God, good things happen. And so this was a good thing. He began praising God, and then people got saved. He began praising God, and they said, man, I've seen this guy every day. I know who he is. I know he can't walk. What is he doing? Running and leaping and praising God. I want what he has. I want the same thing. I want that. You see, when we allow ourselves to be interrupted, when we know our source, we've put our faith and trust to lead God and direct us. And when we strive for the best, we strive to imitate Christ. And we see a revival. In the, in the town of Grandview, Texas. Grandview, USA. How about a revival? How about we turn this community upside down for Jesus? How about we strive to let God use us in ways man, we've never even seen possible. And I, I will be the first to tell you guys, I never thought getting up here and talking to you guys, I never thought that was possible. I used to, uh, matter of fact, my first sermon, I, I surrendered to ministry when I was 12 years old. And I remember my first sermon, my very first sermon, we had a, we had a elderly lady in the church. She said, better luck next time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Confidence was a little down right there, and I was like, oh, that that, that one hurts a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I stuttered a lot, but that didn't stop me. Guys, God can use you. God can use you in ways that you don't even know possible right now. And as a local body of Christ, this is just a building, right? This is just a building we meet in. You are the church. The church is right here. Go be the church. That's my challenge to you guys, is to be the church and point people to Jesus. I just want to appreciate you. I appreciate you guys for having my family and I this week. Guys, we have been so blessed by y'all. Thank you so much. 
And as we get ready to to close up, and I'm going to turn it back over to Corey, uh, again, I want to challenge you to allow yourself to be interrupted. I want to challenge you uh, to, to know and trust and have faith in the source that has given you the abilities. And then number one, strive to imitate Christ and then get out of the way and let God do what God does. That's my challenge to you today. And, and if you're here and you haven't trusted in the source, if you're here today, if you're here this morning, guys, don't walk out of here. Don't leave this room. Don't leave this place not knowing your source, not knowing who your Savior is. Put your faith and trust in him today. You can know that because he died for you on the cross. He rose on the third day and ascended into heaven. And the Bible says if you, if you utter those words with your mouth, you shall be saved. The greatest miracle that has ever taken place is salvation. Do you know and trust your source today? Thank you guys for having us. We appreciate y'all so much. Thank you for being so welcoming. We'll give it back to Corey. All right, as we move into our time of invitation, uh, I would just encourage you to, again, reflect over these words. Uh, and are you being the church where you are, those of you who do believe in and follow Jesus? Uh, if you have not made the decision to follow Jesus, today could be that opportunity for you. Uh, and so I would encourage you, if, if God is moving in your heart, to reach out in that direction. I'll be down here to pray with you uh, as we uh, sing the last couple of songs. Uh, and if you're joining us online, just hit us up on uh, Facebook Messenger or something. Let us know that you would uh, like to talk and we'll have somebody reach out. Uh, and if you are wanting to pray about any of these things or anything else, uh, know that I'm available right now for that. I'll be around at the end of the service as well. Uh, you can also come and kneel and pray if you'd like to do that or pray right where you are. But let's stand together. I'm going to pray. Then you move in whatever way God is calling as we continue to worship. Father, again, we are grateful for your presence. God, we are thankful for who you are and for what you have done for us. God, we're grateful that uh, you took the uh, interruption of all interruptions in descending from heaven to dwell in our flesh, to do so perfectly without blemish, and then to give yourself and your son for us. God, may we be willing to be interrupted by the movement of your spirits, by the call of your gospel, God, may we be willing to be interrupted to extend that gospel to others. God, if there's anyone here who does not know you as Savior, God, would you move in their heart and call them and, and show them how to respond? And God, those of us who do know and follow you, God, would you reignite that call to be the church within us? God, allow us to be interruptible. Show us where you are moving in ways that we might see as interruptions, but are actually, God, opportunities to extend the gospel to others. And may you move through us in that way. I pray that in Jesus' name.